Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The lesson I've learned over time is to find a property, flip a property first. If you can't flip it, then fix it and fill it. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, have we got a treat for you? A previous best ever guest, Tamara Aragon, you can check out her episode in number 227 titled The Complete Guide to Investing in Single Family Properties. She has a free ebook that lists out 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Just go to reiposse, that's P-O-S-S-E dot com and get that free ebook on 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Uh, that's R-E-I-P-O-S-S-E dot com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show that cuts out all the fluffy stuff and gets straight to the real estate investing advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Barbara Corcoran, the uh, TV personality on Shark Tank, as well as successful real estate investor and entrepreneur, and many others. And today, we've got with us a very successful best ever guest, Sean Petrie. How you doing, Sean? Good, Joe. 
Nice to meet you. Nice to have you on the show. Sean is based in Phoenix, Arizona. He began investing in 1997, right after high school, and started his company by borrowing $40,000. And actually, Rich Dad Poor Dad was an inspiration, according to his bio, and I'll let him talk a little bit more about that. Since he has, since then, he has closed on over 350 transactions on all different types of properties, and he currently has 67 properties in total 122 units. So probably got some duplexes in there and, and so forth. With that being said, Sean, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, Joe. Um, for, since 1997, 1997, I was first inspired by Kiyosaki's book. And you know, I didn't jump into real estate right away. Uh, I was actually in architecture for 11 years and military, uh, the construction side for about 10 years between the Army and Air Force. But along the way, I kind of dabbled in real estate, buying a few properties here and there. In 2008, during the downturn, I actually had acquired 15 properties and ended up losing all 15. And in 2012, I started my uh, my business up again, real estate full-time, 100%. And I, I built it into the company I am today. So currently, we are transitioning from a uh, single-family wholesale fix-and-flip company into a small commercial developing company. Wow, what a what a roller coaster! So many questions. So you started out of high school in 1997, but then you said in 2008 you got 15 properties. Or no, you in between 2000. When did you buy your 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 properties? The first property I purchased was uh, 2004, and from 2004 to 2008, I got up to 15, um, and actually in different parts of the country, a house in Mississippi, a couple in Tennessee, and the rest local in Phoenix. Okay. What happened between 1997 and 2004 whenever you borrowed that $40,000? What were you doing? Oh, no, no, no. To be clear, I borrowed the 40000 to start my business today in 2012. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. So 19, what, what was happening between 1997 and 2004? That's when I was a uh, full-time architecture and uh, military. Okay, I'm with you. And then in 2004, you between 2004 and 2008, you got your 15 properties. 2008 hit, sky fell, lost them all. Why did you lose them? It's complicated. Um, in all honesty, I guess you could say uh, d- divorce. <laughs> uh, Arizona is a community property state. I was actually uh, out of state serving in the military in Mississippi uh, post-Katrina cleanup, and I was trying to manage my real estate from Mississippi while working all day in the military and didn't have a compatible partner that was willing to assist me with our real estate. So when I came back, everything was in a, a big mess per se. And what I mean by that is we were trying to refinance stuff and sell stuff we shouldn't have had. So. Got it. So the, when, when you got into the deals, they weren't that good. And then whenever you were managing them remotely, not that good went to worse. Pretty much. Okay. And not to pour salt in the wound, but why didn't you do third-party property management with 15 properties? Or were they all spread out too much and you just didn't want to mess with that? My family was helping me manage the stuff in Phoenix, Arizona. But the houses I had in Tennessee and the one in Mississippi – I, I did have a property manager, but uh, 
that would be one of my lessons to listeners is uh, finding a good property manager is essential and extremely difficult. Yep. I hear you on that one. And we'll get back to that in a second. Actually, let me ask the question that's on my mind. How do you currently find the good property manager? Honestly, we don't. It's all (laughs) in-house. Okay. So you manage all of your 67 properties in-house? Yeah, I do. I I have my partner, Joanna Magana, and we brought her sister-in-law, Erica, on to help us. So the three of us actually self-manage everything. Okay. And in 2000, between 2008 and 2012, so 2004, 2008, you're, you're buying them up. You had 15. 2008 hit, you lost them. Then 2012 is when you borrowed the 40K to start your company again. What happened between 8 and 12? Between 8 and 12 was a truly like low point in my life. Went through divorce, bankruptcy, a few short sales, and one foreclosure. Tried to negotiate out quite a bit with the, the banks. But um, in 2010, I found an excellent mentor. I tend to call a lot of signs I see for real estate around the valley. And I called off a street sign I saw. And the guy on the other end was looking for someone to assist him. And I didn't realize it, but I needed a mentor. And so 2010 to 2011, almost 12, I joined him. And we closed about 150 short sales together to build his portfolio. What was your cut on a typical deal? I got $500 for every property I helped him close. (laughs) Wow. And roughly what was his cut? It was his company. He kept everything. So, and uh, we pretty much built him a a small empire. (laughs) Because he was buying in 2009, 10, 11, and 12. You know, a typical deal for him we were closing is we would get a short sale in the West Valley in Phoenix for around twenty five to thirty thousand per house and he would turn around and lease option it with about getting about ten thousand down. And what would the lease option be about the, the same purchase price or a little bit more? Or? Oh no, he he had a rule where he would just increase the price about twenty five thousand per house. <laughs> you know, which at the time sounded like a lot, but we knew it really wouldn't be. And we we'd give clients, you know, five years to exercise the option. And so, you know, he's buying at 30, marking it up to 55. And here we are today. Those homes are worth over 100 again. Wow. Well, then in the, for those two years, you were on the ground making things happen, working with your mentor. I mean, $500 a house. And how many houses did you do over that period of time? 150. I was probably on board for about 100. Got it. Yeah, I was probably on board for about a hundred of them over the two years I was with him. Okay, so one hundred times five hundred dollars, so that's fifty thousand divided by two. So that's about twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, is that the the only income that you were living off of? And if so, what was that like? It was the only income, and yes, I was broke at the time. I would scrape by whatever little money I could and and save it because I knew I wanted to start on my own. I actually ended up saving up about 5,000 between those two years. Um, But during those two years, you know, I was restructuring my life. I was living in a rental. Uh, I did a lease option of my own and I would eat a lot of free food from family members. (laughs) 
<laughs> so but I actually lost quite a bit of weight those two years too. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't eat a lot. So Yeah. Well, what a learning experience and I'm glad that the interview's not over and that we're still going because there's a lot lot to learn from your story. Two thousand twelve came. Who'd you borrow the money from? You don't have to you don't have to name the name, but just what was the relationship to you? Sure. One was an uncle and ten thousand of it I actually how do I say this? I, I purchased gold and silver, an asset, and then I traded it to a friend to hold on to for cash until I could pay him back. And the other two were just friends that I had known for five, ten years. Got it. So basically like a secured loan with the gold. Exactly, because he didn't quite trust me yet. Right. <laughs> well, yep. And so in total, so what, what were we talking like? What was the most one person contributed? 10000 10000 yeah. 10000 So basically like ten and $5,000 chunks. Yep. What did you do with the 40000 and why forty? Well, I wanted to raise as much as I could, but 40 was all I could come up with. And part of what I learned from my mentor was the short sale process. So I was just setting up a, like a pipeline of deals on short sales. And I needed to have money for um, earnest money deposits for the most part to close on deals. And I knew I needed to have some fix and flips going for what I wanted to do. So uh, I set 10 aside for a fix and flip, 10 aside for reserves, and then the other 20 got spread out over various startup costs and earnest money deposits. Because at that time, I had a network of five solid real estate agents that were all doing short sales, and I had a pipeline of about a 100-something short sales that I, ha- I had to be ready to move on. Mm, wow, and you got that pipeline primarily through working with your mentor those previous two years? Somewhat. I had established my own relationships and brought in the realtors to our deals together. But uh, when we split, they came with me. They were my own relationships. And uh, just so it's clear, when we did split, when I decided to go out on my own, it was done on good terms. And he actually gave me quite a going away gift, one of his uh, hard money lenders. Oh, cool. And what were the terms for that hard money? Well, people think it's crazy, but at the time it was 18% and zero points and unlimited time frame. So, Yeah, I would imagine unlimited time frame. You can borrow 18% from me <laughs> for as long as you want to. <laughs> well, and, and that's pretty much what everybody thinks, but yeah, it's a, it's, that's a crazy amount. But he was able, able to provide 100% financing. Okay, so you could do 100% financing with that money. Which was the benefit of it, you know? Right, yep. Throw money out of my pocket. All right, so how did you go from a $40,000 loan in 2012 to 67 properties right now? Well, just kind of like I'm slowly describing here, the, the pipeline accelerated. I Word of mouth spread. Uh, I set up a website and... Little by little, I gained a reputation of being able to close short sales. Um, everybody knew that I could handle short sales and all the complications that would arise with them. And for Phoenix, you know, we were saturated with short sales. So it just it just grew off of that, basically. Um, you know, the, I think that 2012 year, we closed about a 120 short sales total. And out of those, 22 ended up being fix and flips. So 
it was just a snowball, basically. You know, I'd fix and flip, take that money, pay people off, reinvest, and I would just continue, uh, even to where I'm at today. So you take the money, you do a short sale, do fix and flips, take the money, reinvest, and would you reinvest in another transaction, meaning another like fix and flip, or would you take that money or some of it and invest in the buy and hold? Actually, it's split between the two. You know, there was no real formula, but just certain properties I knew I wanted to hang on to. So I would have to invest invest money to repair them, to rent them. And then others I would roll back into another fix and flip. Because since 2012, I think we were just now approaching our 75th fix and flip. So that that part, aside from wholesaling, is, is how I keep money in the system to keep things moving along, is the fix and flips and wholesales. Although, at this point today, we've transitioned away from single-family homes into buying multi-family units, and I've been working on cash flow to sustain us from this point on into the future. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Always have an exit strategy. And what do you mean by that? Well, when you get a house, you need to know what are you going to do with it. Most people go into fix and flips thinking they're going to fix and flip it. And sometimes the market will change on you and you can't sell something if there's a downturn. So the lesson I've learned over time is to find a property, flip a property first. If you can't flip it, then fix it and fill it. Wow. Yeah, this is yeah. your story is just inspiring. And, and hearing your advice, I mean, talking about the, the exit strategies, I think we need to take notice. And I'll, I'll mention more of that in the, the, the summary. But knowing the, the road that you've traveled, I am definitely listening intently to your advice. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever book you've read? The Secret of Light by Walter Russell. Best ever deal you've done? I bought two 12plexes for $400,000 with zero money down. How'd you do that? I convinced one lender to overfund his deal for repairs and use some of that money for repairs and to put down on the other. And I also did a second lien carry back. It's kind of complicated, but basically I overfunded one deal to close the other and I had two lenders willing to go to 100% financing or more based on my relationship with them. Best ever way you like to give back? We are currently in the process of developing and I'm looking for mentors in the developing world as we're buying up parts of the city that we want to rejuvenate and restore to a better condition than what they are today. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Making poor choices in partners. And how can we all learn from your poor choices in partners? <laughs> Avoid friends and family. And it's like an old cliche, but truly avoid friends and family and general contractors. How do we avoid general contractors? Because sometimes, because a lot of times we got to work with general contractors. Yeah, I, I started with a couple of general contractors as uh, partners on the fix and flip, but I've learned that that's not the best way to do it. Pay them to work for you. What's the best ever way the listeners can reach you? My cell phone number, 
421-8586. Well, my goodness, Sean, this has been quite an episode jam-packed full of lessons from just your story. First off, I never said thank you for your service and, and serving in the military, um, first and foremost. And wow, from you know high school to military to up to 15 properties and then no properties because of divorce, bankruptcy, foreclosure. Then in 2010, you found a mentor, started working with the mentor, helped him build a, a, an empire during those years through short sales, learning the ropes and learning a different approach and, and really honing your skills in short sales. And in 2012, starting your own company back up in real estate and doing focusing in on the short sale process fix and flips, raising 40K from different people. I mean, just being totally resourceful and then making it happen between 2012 and 2015. You went from a $40,000 loan to 67 units in three years that you have over management. I mean, it's, it's quite impressive and an incredible story. Uh, and I'm, I'm really grateful to have participated in this conversation and to be to, to have learned from your story. So and I, I'm, I'm channeling the best ever listeners and I'm feeling that they're feeling that as well. So thank you again for being on the show, sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, your story. And we'll talk to you soon. I hope you have a best ever day. Thank you, Joe. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, have we got a treat for you? A previous best ever guest, Tamara Aragon, you can check out her episode in number 227 titled The Complete Guide to Investing in Single Family Properties. She has a free ebook that lists out 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Just go to reiposse, that's P-O-S-S-E dot com and get that free ebook on 27 ways to find for sale by owners. Uh, that's R-E-I-P-O-S-S-E dot com.